Welcome to the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast, covering agriculture and all things related in East Carroll, Madison, Tinsall, Concordia, and Catahoula Parishes. Hello everyone, and thanks again for listening to another episode of the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast. Um, My name is Kylie Miller, and today we have with us uh, Dennis Burns and Bruce Garner. Y'all say hello. Hey everybody. Hey, we're here. Well, we're joined here on Teams, and I guess we have kind of a quick episode for y'all today. Um, basically, just giving an update on winter meetings and things we got coming up, just so y'all can be informed. Um, I guess let's start with our soybean meet. We have a soybean production meeting coming up at the Delhi Civic Center, and it's going to be December the 8th. And we're going to get started at 9 o'clock. Registration will begin at 8.30, and the meetings will start at 9 o'clock. And um, I guess the topic is going to be strictly about soybeans, and our speakers for the meeting are going to be Dr. Daniel Stevenson, Tyler, Dr. Tyler Tolles, uh, Dr. Trey Price, Dr. Michael Deliberto. He can't be there in person, but he has offered to um, record his talk and submit that. Um, we also have um, Dr. David Mosley, which is a soybean specialist, and then we have um, two speakers from Mississippi State, Dr. Drew Golson and Dr. Corey Bryant coming to speak as well. Um, to that, we also have a producer panel um, with Matt Turner and DJ Duckworth. Um, Matt, he's a farmer from Morehouse Parish, is that correct? Yep, Matt, Matt, either Matt or his dad. Either Matt, Matt Turner okay. or, or Dan Turner. Kind of, kind of depends on, I think, who flips the coin and who's, who's going to be sitting on a deer well, stand that day. tell them they can both come. <laughs> yeah, that's what I told him. I said, you both come. He said, well, we're just going to figure out who's going to sit on the deer stand that day. Oh, so, oh well, I understand so that. <laughs> if, it's a, if it's a rainy day, you know, bad weather, we may get both of them. Or if it's a, you know, a, a bluebird day and high pressure move in, we may, we may get one. So, <laughs> But DJ Duckworth is from West Carroll Parish. Um, y'all just come listen to DJ talk because he's funny. <laughs> he is. Um, let me let me say this about DJ. He we did we had a producer panel at the first digital ag conference and DJ was on it. And the man's hysterical. He's he's got a lot of good knowledge. He's been doing precision ag for a long time, but the way he tells it is he's just hysterical. It's down to earth. I mean he he's been doing it a long time, and he's one of these people. And I I'm not talking bad about him. Um. When you look at him, he's got his overalls on, and maybe maybe if it's cold, he's got both jumpers pulled up. But he's you look at him and say, Well, this guy, he you know, he's gonna talk. And yeah, don't judge a book by its cover. Um as a as a county agent, he's he's I've learned things from him about, you know, precision ag and especially on farming on some of these variable variable soils that we have in West Carroll Parish that you may on one end may be sandy loam by the time you get to the other end, you're in heavy clay. Um, and management is a is just a booger, and he's they've, they've done a good job over the years. He's kind of got it figured out. Um, and same thing with, with, with the Turners uh, from over Morehouse Parish. A lot of their stuff goes from super ice cream dirt down to, you know, a heavy peri clay. Um, you may have nematodes in one part of the field and heavy clay in another and no nematodes at all. So they've done a good job over the years. Uh, with that, with with kind of dealing, I, I jokingly call it Nematode Alley up and down. If people are listening, can, 
you know, familiar with Morehouse Parish, 425, Highway 425 runs north to south, kind of through the through the parish. It cuts over at Marouge and cuts back to the west. But I, I've called that nematode alley for years. Um, uh-huh. Some of the highest nematode counts I've ever seen have come out of that, that part of the world. Um, but that's that's some of the some of the ground that the Turners uh, farm in, in Morehouse Parish. So they, they're a couple of good you know, father son team. Um, I hope we get both of them. But, you know, it kind of depends on who, who, who wins the toss to sit on the deer stand that day. Yeah. Well, I always enjoy the producer panels. It's always nice to get their point of view and. Uh, you know, hear what everybody's doing. I guess yeah. the next thing we want to talk about is um, Ag Expo. Bruce, what uh, what's the plans for that so far? Ag Expo's coming up. You know, his, we, this will be this will make the forty second year, I think. I'd have to I'd have to don't hold don't hold my feet to the fire on that one. But you know, Ag Expo has kind of evolved over the years. When we first started it back, you know. Kylie, before you were born, I figured that out. <laughs> figured that out today. Um, I feel like, like the older older I get, the less and less I get to say you play being the young card. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Those days are numbered for you. Uh-huh. Yeah. But um, anyway, when we, Expo first started, it was more of a, a strictly trade show for for the farming industry for the, for the ag the ag sector, and over the years it's kind of morphed into a little bit more of the consumer side, still with the ag, the importance of ag. Um, anyway, on July the 13th and, excuse me, January 13th and 14th, uh, kick it off that day, the 13th, Friday the 13th, oh boy, um, with a legislative luncheon and a awards banquet for the uh, young producers and distinguished producer um, in the Northeast area. Um, and Ag Expo opens up at two o'clock to the public um, and runs from two to about eight o'clock, I think, uh, Friday. And we open back up nine o'clock um, and runs to about four o'clock on Saturday. Uh, trade show-ish, um, you know, there's going to be some, um, the energy, energy has a, a educational pavilion that'll be set up and have presentations going on there both Friday and and um saturday um have different things going on we've got a livestock show going on um uh, friday and, and saturday uh one of the folks to come out to, it's at the ike hamilton in west monroe um like i said it's a it's always a neat show not only for the producer side but also um kind of for the homeowners so some of our listeners say well it's just a bunch of farmers getting together you know come out because there's many interesting stuff um to, to see um mini farm uh, is exactly where i was going the mini farm mm-hmm. is always interesting uh happenings in the mini farm um you know if you if you want to see something funny show up about three o'clock and watch the kids around the, the baby chick pit you know <laughs> you know it's just oh um for some of us that are it's kind of disturbing. Everybody wants to take a chicken home. Uh, <laughs> a lot of tears. A lot of tears. A lot of tears. You know, my mom won't take chicken home, and that's, you know. But no, mini farms are always good. Ag Center will have a, we'll have a setup um, for, from the Ag Center. We we run, um, for everybody, you know, Kylie and, and Dennis definitely know, we'll spend, we actually show up on the Wednesday before Ag Expo, and we work Wednesday, Thursday, um, 
with bringing in school age kids um, and we do an event called Ag Alley um, where we talk, we bring these kids in usually around a thousand kids over two days. Um, and we talk to them about the importance of ag and ag agriculture in our area of the state. Um, this year we're going to be talking about cotton production and we'll be talking about um, forestry. Um, and then we'll have the mini farm for them to go through and look at the look at the animals. Always a great learning experience, not only for the kids, but for the agents. Um, that's one of the times of the year we get to work with um, kid, you know, you know, clients that cry that are supposed to be crying. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, always a good time. Uh, I, I could I could tell stories about watching kids and some of the some of the comments that's been made. Uh, one of my what, the day I realized that it was important for ag education was the day that I had the teacher come up to me and she wanted to fuss at me about all the corn that was wasted in the fields. And I'm thinking, OK, I got to see where this is going because um, she's I mean, she, this woman is passionately upset about the amount of corn that is wasted. And I said, and I, I'm thinking, well, you yeah, maybe she's seen a field's got a bunch of volunteer corn that comes up after harvest, and maybe she thinks that's something that's harvestable. And as I'm sitting there talking to this lady and listening to what she's saying, she has no idea how we harvest corn. She's thinking about corn like Jolly Green Giant, you know, niblets in the can. Oh. And she is just, you know, I, everywhere I look, this corn is just dried up in the field. And it was one of those real poignant, you know, times when we could say, ma'am, that's how we harvest the corn. And we, you know, at that point, the conversation turned into what do we do with that corn? That this isn't corn that we're going to eat off, off the cob. You know, this isn't corn that's going into a can. And then open up a dialogue with this person that was really had a, had a passion um, fussing about production ag. And she had no idea that that was just the way we we farmed corn she thought corn was corn on the cob green corn in the field go pull it and eat it so um that was the, that was that happened about probably seven or eight years ago for me that i realized you know not only are we looking at kids and and educating our our children on the importance of ag but there's some there's some adults out there that, that's got questions um that we take for granted i mean I mean, the three of us and everybody, most of our listeners will will know exactly what we talk about corn harvest, what, what's mm -hmm. involved um, and, and why why it looks like, you know, it does. And we just take for granted. But there are people out there in the world that, that don't understand um, even our production ag. I mean, of course, you dropped me off in the middle of Minnesota. And I thought I couldn't understand their production either. So, Well, well it's like. Cotton. Most people don't realize that what ninety percent of a dollar bill is cotton. Right. They were always shocked to see that fact. Yeah. That was that was a really cool mm -hmm. fact that they didn't know yeah. about. Or well, I like the ones that um, when you ask them where does milk come from, and they say the store, and then the next question yeah. you always ask is uh, where does chocolate milk come from, and, and then they say the next one's always brown cow. Brown cow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it's, it's it's good, and those kids are, you know, they're interested, and they and they're an open book, and you're teaching them something. You yeah. Know? But there's I mean, also, 
you know, there's also the stories that I, I shake my head about. And I won't go into those, but I, I learned real quick that you be real careful when you ask, you know, an, uh, uh, an eight-year-old kid if they have any other questions about <laughs> corn production. Because the comments you get is, why is there, why, when I eat corn, why does it show up in my poop? Yeah. And, <laughs> and that was one of those conversations that I luckily had a family and consumer science agent stand right next to me and i looked at her i said and i said and miss cheek will tell you the answer <laughs> yeah and quincy was most appreciative oh she was most appreciative of me kicking that can to her <laughs> <laughs> and let me and one other thing that came out of the ag expo is this podcast oh that's a very good point yeah because we were all i don't know what year it was we were doing one of the alleys and four years ago had to be yeah and we were all sitting there talking about podcasts and somebody said hey let's do a podcast why not everybody else is so i don't know if that's if we went down that road if it's been a good road or it's been kind of bumpy sometimes <laughs> and bumpy you know uh, like most roads in louisiana it's got some bad spots in it i mean <laughs> yeah but it, it, it's been good i mean we're we're household names in our house <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, but I want to invite everybody, like I said, come on out. Um, that Northeast Louisiana Business Ag Business Council, who 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 puts this on, um, uh, it, it is like I said, it's at the Ike in West Monroe. Uh, we'll start the open public days, uh, January thirteenth, uh, Friday. It's a Friday. Um, run through that day, and then sat all day Saturday. Um, y'all come on out if you if you got a chance. Um, we joke about it. A lot of times that's that's a bad weather day, and you know looking for something to do. Um, you know, too 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 nasty to go sit on the deer stand. Duck season's almost wrapped up, so you know, come out and 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 drink the chocolate milk that LDAF always has. Right. <laughs> and Tech Farm, they always have good. They bring their meats, uh, mm -hmm. their sausage and stuff like that. So. You got to go check them out as well. Yep. All right. Moving on next, we have um, the Precision Ag Summit that's coming up. Dennis, you want to talk about that one? That is, it's in Alexandria on December, no, excuse me, January. I think it's in December. January the 18th at the EVAC Center at Dean Lee Research Station down at US, um, LSUA south of Alexandria. And it is, we're going to talk about Precision Ag. This year, the focus is going to be on uh, production ag for producers. And we've also got the Fletcher Community College in Thibodeau. They were partnering with them. They're coming up and they kind of, they have done one in the past down there. And we kind of joined forces um, to put it together. We'll focus on uh, all the major row crops, rice, sugarcane, uh, they're, they're bringing in kind of the sugarcane side of it. But it's, uh, we've got some good speakers. We've got Dr. Brenda Ortiz, precision ag specialist from uh, Auburn University in Alabama. She's coming over to be our keynote speaker. We have a precision, uh, I mean, a producer panel, excuse me. Uh, we've got some producers, two rice producers, a sugarcane and a row crop producer are all and um, all of them have been doing precision ag on their farms for um, several years. I know the sugarcane, R.L. and I went down to his place numerous times 
helping him with some stuff and working with him uh, with variable rate nitrogen. So um, RL is going to talk about grid sampling um, versus variable rate. Um, grid sampling versus zone sampling. I got to get all these things figured out here. But uh, we have, he's going to talk about that. Uh, Dr. Michael Deliberto is going to talk. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of people. Uh, Randy, Dr. Randy Price, the ag engineer, is going to talk about swath control, I think. Uh, we got, a, we got, and we'll have some, uh, some of the sponsoring companies, uh, the major tractor dealerships are going to come in and they're going to have some presentations about what they can do with data collection and data usage. Uh, I know some of our producers, they go through them to manage their data. Uh, field, field view is there. Uh, they'll be there with uh, Fran Deville. So we got a we got a really good. It'll, it'll start about eight thirty in the morning and it ends, I think, at two thirty or three in the afternoon. We will feed you lunch. For somehow or another, I'm, I used to never feed anybody anywhere. And this is two meetings. I'm having to feed people. I don't understand. <laughs> you were <laughs> that guy that wasn't going to feed them, and now. Now you are that yeah. guy. <laughs> no, and I don't understand that. Dennis, you're just not Baptist, are you? No, a Methodist. So there you go. When you you get a group of Baptists together, somebody's gonna somebody's gonna bring a potluck. I mean, yeah, you know, I just I don't know. I used to swear off of it. I just you know I wouldn't do it. And now I'm. It's like every time I look up, everybody's saying, "Who are you gonna get to feed them?" So I get the local. Luckily, I have the local caterer on speed dial. There you go. There you go. Yeah. You know? You know, Dennis, you, you mentioned sampling. It made it made me think. Um, when we finish up the podcast this afternoon, I'm going to sample some hay. Um, kind of throw this out to guys. Um, I know this is crop form. You know, you know, crop. We're talking. We're talking about row crops. But if guys are running a few cows, and if you're feeding hay this year, um, unless you're just absolutely 110% sure about the quality of your hay, give somebody a shout with with the ag center or with wherever your extension service is. And take a look, get your hay sent off and get it sampled and get it looked at. Um, in our neck of the woods in northeast Louisiana, we had some some not so great hay this year. And then what we're beginning to see, I'm beginning to see in some of our feedings, um, some cows that just really aren't looking very good. Um, and we're, what we're coming down to is which hay quality is really off. Um, so I'm going to look at some hay sample this afternoon, get it sent off, um, because we're going to have to definitely have to do some supplemental feeding um, on this one herd that we're looking at. Uh, so just kind of as a, as a as a as an aside, when you mentioned sampling, um, running cows, thinking you may have, you know, if you don't know exactly what your hay is, um, we still got a long time ago. We're going to feed a bunch of hay between now and green up. Um, Think about getting some of your, your hay sample. Make sure you, what you're feeding, what you're, you're meeting those nutritional values um, that your herd needs, be it dry cows, wet cows, or, or yearlings. Um, that's that's something I've, I've seen already uh, this year. Um, and we're hoping, like th in this case, we're hoping that we can sample this hay, get some ideas, uh, get some rations involved, uh, ration planning involved, and and see what we can do to help help some of these cows, so some of these yearlings that, you know, it's just the quality of hay is just not there. Um, and I think it's, uh, it's, no, go ahead. Finish. I, I, th I think part of it is the, you know, we, we were droughty and then we got 13 days of rain and then we cut a bunch of hay real quick. Um, and I'm not quite sure the quality of that second cut or that later cut. Um, 
so some of the, and some of the early hay was wasn't that good either. So you know, there's 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 some not so good hay out there. And I'm not saying there's not everybody's got bad hay, but um, got this year is kind of important, especially at the cost of supplements. What what it's costing for supplements, and you know what what the cattle market's doing. Who knows what the cattle market is doing from one day to the next? So um, any any little bit of savings that we can make efficiencies, not savings, but efficiencies. Um, but yeah, most most county agents can sample hay, um, no matter what state you're in. Uh, just give them a call, and if they if they can't do it themselves, they may have a, a specialist that a forage specialist or a livestock specialist that can come out and assist you with with pulling those samples and getting those samples set up and getting them sent off so you can know what you got as far as what you're feeding hay. Well, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. I'm glad you did because tomorrow is um, the Louisiana Forage Conference. Um, and that's right. going to be, I think, in Alexandria. Um, so I know that's kind of last minute, but um, if anybody needs any information on that, we can get, I guess, that flyer uh, in your hands. But you can always contact Jason Holmes. He's in the region. And I think he's one of the ones that's helping put that together for everybody. Yeah. Let me, Kylie, I don't need to. I'm gonna mention this too. Okay. Just like Bruce, Bruce's yesterday, James Hendricks and I were on a. We got a call and we were sitting there talking to a producer who was looking for chicken litter, and because and part of the reason you're looking for chicken litter is price of nitrogen, mm-hmm. and make sure that if you do find chicken litter, have it sampled, just in case because the price is going up because of well, the price of fertilizer going up, so chicken litter is going to follow it. And make sure you know what you're buying. You're not buying a bunch of water, yeah, and right. you're uh, also you know what. Make sure when you spread it, you know what you're spreading. Yeah, th- you know, we I think pasture wise, I mean, I actually had I had some producers this year that didn't put any. All they put on was was um, was chicken litter on the pastures, and it's a standing. I've got producers. I'm sure we all do. We've got producers um, that that's that's a standing practice is to put on a ton or a couple of tons of chicken litter to the acre. Um, you know, if you depends on who you talk to, if somebody tells you they know exactly what chicken litter does for soil health, um, mm-hmm. probably run from them. Yeah, because there's you know, there's a lot of variability from one load to the next when you start dealing with chicken litter. Now, my theory, the Bruce theory, which is probably way off the mark. <laughs> um, yeah, we get some nitrogen. Yeah, we get some some P and some K. I personally think that you putting some microorganisms back into the into the mix, into the soil, um, and those microorganisms are working to break those long carbon chains down, and we're getting a slow release of nitrogen over a long period of time. Because you'll hear these guys that talk about chicken litter. Oh, it takes three years before I start seeing, you know, benefit of it. Yeah, maybe. But I I, I think the, the, the thing there is, is it's taking three years to build the soil health back to the point where we're really taking advantage of what's in the soil. Now, that is my theory. That's not research-based. That's just from about 30 years of observation and seeing guys spread chicken litter. Um, we were spreading chicken litter before it was famous. Only thing, mm-hmm. only thing I can tell you about it is Gene and I went, Gene Burris and I went to pull nematode samples. And the, we, unfortunately, we got there after the chicken litter spreader. Yep. And all I can tell you is it stinks. 
Oh, it's it's it is not it, a. It was I'm glad we bad. went out of town when that was that was happening. <laughs> it, it was bad, and but I mean we didn't have any choice. We we tried to pull these nematode samples, and I don't know how chicken litter affected the nematodes, but we rode around there in that on that mule, and we didn't get out and walk very far. And we pulled those samples. It was kind of a stab in the yeah, ground. Stab and go. <laughs> yeah, probably probably the one of the number one phone call complaints I get behind um drift complaints is people like I said in my in my parishes when they start spreading chicken litter. It's it smells so bad and oh yeah. You know, I, I like the the guy that used to live downwind from the paper mill in Bastrop and he said it smells so bad, he said, it smells like money to me. Uh, that, that chicken litter sometimes it may smell bad to us, but it some of these farmers, it smells like money to them. It so. is money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got what you guys you got, Kylie. I got another comment. Go for it. Okay, I'm gonna tell it, and this is goes out for everybody. We're at the we talked about the soybean meeting. Well, and we got you got me and Bruce and RL. We're all old people, and we got we've been talking about the young the young our younger member of our crew here. She keeps us all straight. She did a great flyer for our soybean thing, if you've seen it on some of our emails. Um, and she also does all this production and the podcast because we're all just, a, we're not very good at this. You know? Yeah, well, so, that's, that's, that goes, and not any millennial listening to this right now will laugh at me, but that goes back to stealing music on Napster back in the day. <laughs> well, you, you learn to get comfortable with it, I guess. Well, it's not easy, but thank you. <laughs> just, just telling everybody out there that me and Bruce and RL get on there and we just talk. And but the behind the scenes, Kylie's she's the one cleaning us up and fixing us to where we actually sound like we know what we're doing. And so do. we're talking, about but uh, but she is the young, she is the young, the youngster. Yes, I had to ask y'all how old I was earlier. Remember before we started? That's right. Well, yeah, I'll I'll tell it on myself. When when Kylie said what year she was born in, I thought, well, Kylie, that was the year I graduated from high school. So, (laughs) well, I remember. I remember when Kylie was a senior in high school. I mean, and RL remembers when you were showing. Yeah. So I've known Mr. RL basically my whole life, really. So yeah. Well, I went to school with your mom and daddy at LSU, so I mean, it's, yeah. It's and a, uh, what it was Robin Ray that came to taught basketball camp whenever yeah. I was a kid too. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a small world we live in, you know. Very, and, very uh, small but, world. But we appreciate you, and you do, and you for everybody out there, you do a great job. Thank you, thank you. And uh, so, anyway. Yeah. That's that's uh, a good place to close, I guess. Um, anybody else have anything else they need to? Well, talk about? I, yeah, didn't if 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 you're for for the listeners, um, if you're listening to this right now, you know, want well, thank everybody. Hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving, and you know, we're we're, we're heading into Christmas time. <laughs> want to remind all the husbands, hey guys, don't forget the wife's Christmas present. <laughs> Just saying, we got plenty of time right now. Um, we're, we're today's the first day of December, so you know if you listen to this in the summertime, just forget about it. But you know, it's the first day of December. You you, you essentially have 23 days to get the Christmas present. 
You got a so, plan for shipping. So if you're ordering online, shipping, if you if you're doing Amazon or you're doing one of these other big boxes, take that into consideration. But you know, this is our 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 benefit. You know, nugget today, our Easter egg today is first day of December, twenty three days to Christmas Eve. Don't forget Christmas present for the wife. Wives, <laughs> just think shotguns. <laughs> or or let me let me say this though, wives. It would help if you would just order it for your husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would. I can that live. That works with that. too. Yeah, that probably works live. too. <laughs> I, I won't be in near as much trouble if Ann knows if she goes in and orders it and knows what she's getting yeah. because that way. Why did you think I needed that? You know. Or <laughs> yeah, why did yeah you think it's, I it's 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 a deadly game. But yeah, <laughs> but wives, shotguns and fly rods. <laughs> Just putting that out there. Jig poles. Some, some of us oh, white wow. perch fish, you know, fly rods or jig poles. Just I'm going to send this episode straight to your wife, Bruce. That way she can uh, she can do her Christmas shopping, too. <laughs> I just hope I wake up in the morning and she doesn't stuff a pillow over my face. <laughs> well, uh, I guess happy holidays to everyone listening. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure this won't be our last podcast of the year, but uh, thanks for the... For the heads up, Bruce. <laughs> Thank y'all. Y'all have a Merry, Merry Christmas and, uh, yeah. and, and Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Well, uh, guys, thanks for listening. And I guess join in uh, next year or or maybe we may have one or more, one or two more before the end of the year. But either way, we appreciate y'all listening to us this year. And uh, we don't we uh we can't do this without y'all. So we appreciate it. All right. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. The Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast is produced by the LSU Ag Center Extension Service. For more information, visit the LSUAgCenter.com or contact your local Extension office.